You're listening to Two Girls, One Crossword. Oh, we're re- we're watching Avatar right now, Matt and mm-hmm. I, finally. And all I can do now is mimic how Aang meditates sometimes, like the way he holds his hands. My favorite, and if you're watching on YouTube, watch this. Um, you put your hands together like this, but then mm-hmm. you put your pointers Ooh. together like that, and then you bring your your thumbs back. Oh, right. That's a power stance. It's a power stance, and it also stretches this muscle, mm-hmm. which is really nice because nice I've been doing some lifting, and so like I can't move my arms sometimes, but this <laughs> it really gets me stretched out. <laughs> I've always said that. She has always said that. Um, well, I have a sad story. Yesterday, I was in the office, and I took a Coca-Cola, nice, cool, crisp can home with me. <gasps> From work, put it in the fridge. I'm like, I'm gonna have this tomorrow for lunch. And today I was exhausted after being in the office. Like I told you, like completely wiped me out. Mm-hmm. Guys, I have to keep working from home because my social battery is not meant for that. I was like, Mm-mm. my eyes were like closing when yeah, I got you, home. You know how like the iPhone battery after like five years of having an iPhone, it just starts not charging anymore. That's our social social battery. That's I was just born that way. That has nothing to do with aging. I think I've always been like that, but I didn't realize that that's how it affected me until I was able to work from mm-hmm. home and not have to like be you know mm-hmm. on all day but anyways that's not the sad part. sad part is that today you know today came and went i was tired it was busy whatever and then tonight as i'm opening the refrigerator to get dinner i see the can in there i didn't drink it and i can't have it at night because then i'll be up so to, it'll be my uh, treat tomorrow night but well, i know okay. that you i opened the door i was like no <laughs> and i was like what happened i was like oh i didn't drink my coat that i brought specifically for lunch <laughs> It's funny that you have a sad Chochi Chols story today because I have a sad one from today as well. So I had a crazy busy day at work. I'm not getting into details, listeners, but all day I just kept saying to Matt, I'm like, I just want a Chochi Chols so bad. I just want a Chochi Chols. And also Grace told me that she got cheese fries yesterday. So I got cheese fries from Wendy's and a Coca-Cola. We ordered it. So it was delivered, which is like a real treat when you order fast Mm -hmm. food through postmates or something you know you're really treating yourself not driving to it but they do fountain drinks delivered they, they do oh 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 yeah they I do i thought they would just do like a no bottle okay. no it's fountain and if you're feeling like i literally can't move i need something really special tonight because i'm having a hard day get your mcdonald's get your wendy's whatever the point is soda arrives i'm looking at it it looks amazing it looks like the best coca-cola i've ever seen in my life mm-hmm. i take a sip it's diet it's fucking cherry coke Wait, I like cherry cokes. That's fine. I mean, but it wasn't a Coca Cola. It's a shock, yeah. And Matt, being the incredible boyfriend, immediately picked up his bag and went and bought me a Mexican Coca Cola from the store down the street. So, all saved. But it was. They have cherry coke, fountain coke at Wendy's. They must have like the fancy Coca Cola machines where you can like pick the a million different Uh, flavors. You mean Coca Cola Remix? Yeah, I know the machine. She knows it. She's been there. I love that. I just, when I go there, when I do that, I do like half a cup at a time because I like to switch up the flavors Ooh. and like, I want to save room to make sure I can have a couple different mm-hmm, mm-hmm. styles. I, I really, just to say, I'm not trying to blaspheme on the cherry Coke. I'm mm-hmm. definitely like an original type girl. Like I like my original Pepsi, original Coke. I won't turn my nose about the cherry Coke if it's there. But when you are craving a fountain Coca-Cola and it comes out cherry, I'm telling you, it is heartbreak. It is heartbreak. Next oh, I time said that. We go to a restaurant, if we ever do, um, I'm gonna, I'll dare you to Never order again. a cherry Coke. Because <laughs> I feel hey, like it's just a weird thing to order. But I dare you to dare me. 
Okay, we've talked too long. Oh, it's only been five minutes. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, and this is, this is the Our opener. listeners can handle that. They can, right? Speaking of openers, listeners, um, we are in fact doing the opener of a very fun, lovely podcast. It happens to be called Two Girls, One Crossword. I am your host, Chelsea Rowan. Well, one of your hosts, I should say. And I am your second host, Grace <laughs> Trepinka. And this is your favorite weekly Podward Crosscast. Oh my God, we're back after a week off because Grace was... Doing her thing, celebrating her birthday, as one is wont to do as they age up a year. So happy birthday, belated to Grace Ella. Boy, Thank said you. That. She has always said that. It was a great birthday, <laughs> um, but I'm happy to be back. And I think we can celebrate okay. our return with the Polapalooza results from last oh week. Oh my God. It was a good poll. Good poll, folks. Yes. This was based off of Chelsea's topic last week, which talked about Raggedy Ann and how a possessed Raggedy Ann doll is actually the basis of the <laughs> Annabelle movie series. Yeah, you, you um, gotta love it. Probably couldn't get licensing to Raggedy Ann, so they just oh, made her for like sure a not the estate doll. that author's estate was probably like absolutely not. I so. feel like a lot of people don't know that about Raggedy Ann. So it, they kinda, I, they're trying to keep it under wraps. I was shocked when I was doing my research. Like I said last time we were talking. I stumbled into an occult paranormal topic I was not anticipating. I was thinking frolicking in the grass with a yarn doll. And we got Annabelle instead. That's how they get you. It's true. Um, okay. So we asked, if possessed, which classic American doll would creep you out the most? Mm. And so options were a Raggedy Ann, a Cabbage Patch doll, a Furby, or an American Girl doll. Mm. And there was two winners for first place and two winners for last place. So... The creepiest dolls, according to our audience, are Cabbage Patch and Furby, which I feel like Cabbage Patches are really cute, though. I mean, they're just babies, not that yeah, creepy. Furbies, I think Furby for sure is yeah. freaky. I was so scared of my Furby, I would like lock it in a cupboard at night, like in a, as far away from my bedroom as possible, because sometimes I woke up at night and started talking. I had nightmares about my Furby, so. But and I think this might be generational as well. Like, cabbage, we, did, we had Cabbage Patches, yeah. Cabbage Patch dolls as kids, but... I think Furby was more of like a phenomenon during our time, whereas Cabbage Patch was probably like more in the 80s in terms True. of phenomenon. I felt like we had a lot of Cabbage Patch kids for some reason, but... You have an older also, sister, though. True, but she's not that much older. Let's ask her. Um, she's actually 50 years older. Sorry, I know she's not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> she's four. Um, oh, about the Furby. If you listen to... If you've come, ever come here from one of my moth stories, you know that my Furby doll was... A graduation Furby and had a graduation cap like cemented to its head. It was not, not cute at all. Do not shame her. I didn't mention in the story, but I was like terrified of it. As, like in addition to everything else, I was terrified <laughs> of it. Okay, um, and then the last tied for last place was Raggedy Ann and American Girl. Now I feel like American Girl dolls can be kind of creepy. Not like the historic ones. Mm. Although I feel like Felicity maybe she's like because she's like a Victorian. Doll. The Victorian, anything Victorian has a vibe of something mm -hmm. occult or freaky happening. Yeah, but I was a big American Girl doll fan. But uh, back and when so, they were historical dolls, yeah. now there's like, you know, they're doll of the year and they like skateboard and stuff, which is fine. Yeah, of course. But um, who was th your... there's like a whole podcast about American Girl dolls. Who, yeah. Which ones did I have? Yeah. Well, I had Kit. And okay. some, I saw something online that said, if you had Kit, then you're gay now. Because she has short hair, <laughs> she, okay? Yeah, she definitely is the gayest. <laughs> um, and then my sister had Felicity and Kirsten. I had Kirsten because I was obsessed with her braids. But you could not Oops. take them out. 
Well, guess who took them out? Me. You took them out. And you could my mom get ever get back the, in? No. And they would not send her to the American Girl Doll Hospital. You, now, see, now there's YouTube videos that show you how to do it. And okay. Wait, have you watched that girl? You, I know you have. The girl on TikTok who gets custom American Girl Dolls and they have like fatty it's, makeup and like cute outfits. It's a vibe. And I love those TikToks so much. I also had uh, Kaya, the Native American Girl. Uh-huh. I loved her stories. And obviously, Kirsten's stories were great, too. Yeah, they were all they were also I remember being like, they're kind of traumatic because they're like all these colonial type. Well, Kirsten's was more like frontier type and Kaya Mm -hmm. was native. So these are very like for a young girl. I remember being like, wow, these are dark. Yeah, Kit was Great Depression. So obviously, and that's it. (laughs) Not that thrilling there. (laughs) Um, But I feel like Samantha was like the cool one. Really? I hated Samantha. No, but that's, like, the one that all the cool girls have. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know? Well, that's why me being an Aquarius, I was like, uh, she's obviously the lamest. I'm surprised so. you didn't have Molly, TBH. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> if you don't me know too. what she means, you can just I would be Google. like a Molly. Yeah, if you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. Yeah. I feel like, I, I mean, I didn't pick Kit. My mom got it, mm, got her mm. for me. I don't know who I would have picked. I definitely picked Kirsten. I did not pick Kaya, but I felt mm-hmm. so fucking cool having Kaya. Because I was yeah. like, it was one of the last, like, historical dolls that they released. Yeah, and I feel also, like she was newer. She was newer, and nobody I knew had her. And I, mm-hmm. she had, like, a teepee, which let's, I, we're not going to talk about whether this is culturally appropriate, but she had a teepee and a horse, which was very cool. You had and the horse? I didn't have the horse or the oh, teepee, okay. but Who's I that? wistfully stared at the American Girl Dog catalog that this had the expensive. horse and the tp yeah my cousins had all of the accessories for american girls i was lucky to have a, a doll with clothes on let's yeah. just put it that way um <laughs> we i didn't i don't think i had any accessories other than the ones that they came with and right oh, but i had a my twin doll anyway we keep getting off, off oh, topic but... it's been a while since we've talked to each other can you <laughs> yes. tell listeners <laughs> i will say we should go to the american girl doll cafe maybe like really high or something oh they do not give you, tempt me with they a good give you time. dolls to eat they with that and i feel like there's not that many in the world but there is one in chicago that's the original so honestly our partner should just take us on dates like a double date there because that would be like the best day of our life and then we could be we could live out our just, girl dreams they can just drop us off yeah they could drop us, us off and then we'll be like okay guys we're gonna just have fun with like a tea party with our friends see you later you go to wow wow um okay <laughs> I need to move on. Let, let's just let's jump right into our hits and hits shits. And okay, yeah. I'm gonna start with some hits. Uh, the Lollapazoola crossword tournament happened this past week. We missed it because Grace was traveling for her birthday, which is all fun and good. And I was just lonely sitting at home watching them solve puzzles. No, that's a that's a lie. I actually was doing something. What was I doing? She had plans day? too. Okay. I did have plans. I think I did something that day, but I, honest to God delete memories as soon as they happen because i just don't have enough room Mm. you know anyway so it happened on august 27th it was like they're they were back in person for the first time after being digital because of covid um and i'm gonna just read the names of the winners and say congrats to the winners there's four winners well five winners technically but there's four Mm. divisions the at home division winner was tyler hinman i feel like tyler wins a lot of crossword puzzle tournaments so good on tyler must be nice yes right the pairs division winner is claire and peter rimkus we see Claire's puzzles we all the that. time. Um, 
Yes, the local winner. So I believe this is the people who were participating in person. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was Ada Nicole. Also great puzzles from Ada. And then the express winner was Matt Gritzmacher. So all names that we are familiar with because mm-hmm. we're on Crossword Twitter and we solve crosswords. So we just happen to know your names and we just happen to say congratulations. And um, we just happen to have created a sim that looks exactly like you. And <laughs> now they're all living in a house and fighting for, to the death. So thank you. Whoever survives comes on our podcast comes on our podcast so stay tuned <laughs> do you want to actually start us off with some puzzle hits from this week sure well i just want to give another shout out to evan bernholz for his insane um sunday puzzle for the washington post if you don't know he does almost all the sunday puzzles for washington post and they're always really big and sometimes he does something like a little extra fun like for halloween mm-hmm. he did one where it was like multiple puzzles and you're going through a haunted house so it was this- amazing I have to admit, I didn't fully, this had like a meta puzzle involved and I did not get it. I had to like read his explanation. Okay. But okay. It was an August 28th puzzle. It was called Secret Agents Ooh. on Washington Post. Um, and when you opened it, you get the little like note before you started said, you are a special agent looking for a secret doss- dossier. I believe it's pronounced. After finishing this puzzle, click on this link to the dossier where you must enter a four digit code. The <gasps> dossier will give you clues about how to find the two word phrase that is this puzzle's meta answer no so this is like i i don't want to try to explain it but basically you solve like the original the main puzzle and it's Mm -hmm. it's really big it has more clues than normal and it also has um it's basically that thing where there's like hidden letters in the black square Mm -hmm. and they all are names of secret agents so bond smiley peel and born i only know jason born and james bond but Mm -hmm. um then the revealer answer is the word mole, and you it's like the way mole is associated with those four names is how you get the secret code number, kind of like an escape room type thing. <gasps> and then it opens up to a very small meta puzzle that, um, that's the part that I, I can't even explain, but I don't want to give anything away oh, too much. M-G. But it's, it's crazy how he's like connected both the puzzles and you have to like go back and forth and... Anyways, I think this is something that we definitely need to do together because two brains are better than one. But uh, Grace and I are president and vice president of the Evan Bernholz fan club official. We are. Aside from <laughs> having this like crazy theme that was just like so cool and like something I hadn't mm-hmm. seen before, there's amaz- a bunch of like amazing cluing in the puzzle too. Always, always astounds. Mm-hmm. Like 22 across, silent film performer, question mark. And that was mime. I just like that because mm. I did mime as a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 23 across, I want to ask you this because maybe you took this class. Challenging class that may require essays on Les Mis, AP French. I did not take AP French because I was horrible at French, although I did take four years of French in high school. No. Mm. So I took five semesters of French in high school. But not AP French. We did, no, because I, I definitely would not have passed, and our French teacher was <laughs> bonkers. So I don't Fair. think she could have taught AP French, but that's besides the point. Uh, 44 across, keys playing at concerts was Alicia. Uh-huh. Nice, nice. 45 across, collections of hits, question mark. And the answer was drum solos. <laughs> Very good. I was like, Seven- boxing DVD. <laughs> 72 across was in Chicago, say, and Chicago's in quotes, and the answer was acted. Yes. Lots of Broadway ones here. Um, 79 across, cup holder, question mark. The answer was hand. (laughs) 
So uh, sometimes the answer is really simple, and it's just yeah. the way that a constructor can clue the answer that makes the solving enjoyable. It makes mm-hmm. you have a little moment of ha ah, ha chuckle to yourself, or oh, that really makes the solve fun. I love a little chuckle. Mm-hmm. Um, Eleven down principal locations question mark, and the answer was schools. Nice, and then. 110 across was in brackets waves and the answer was hello hello (laughs) i just like that one (laughs) simple simple to the point we're simple girls it really doesn't take too much to excite us um yeah that was that was evan's washington post very good i'm impressed i'm in awe even though i couldn't do the meta sorry next time there's always next time uh, I'm going to start with the Friday, August 26th New York Times by Robert Logan. The opener was a topic we've covered in the past, a very old topic. Uh, one across was team leader, and the answer was alpha dog. Mm. Um, we've actually covered alpha wolf, but it's the same concept. Um, if you're interested in in learning about the myth of the alpha dog or the alpha wolf, please listen to episode 8 macho and magical that was episode eight grace when we did alpha dog which is crazy i feel like it feels like it wasn't that long ago but then also that was like a lifetime ago i know it was a lifetime ago we were we were recording in a single booth together knee to knee um toe to toe and it is a myth so check it out interesting stuff um 16 across from that puzzle was kind of bored at the beach and the answer was boogie Mm. (laughs) i love to meet a boogie board boogie boarding uh on the New Jersey, at the New Jersey shore, down the shore is amazing. You just got good waves. Could you act, you could like boogie on the, like when, oh, like a skim board? No, you can't no, boogie no, no. board like that. Though. No, just boogie like board. in the water. Yeah, 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 yeah. We did have skim boards as well. Um, I feel like there's a lot of good places on the East Coast to like be in the ocean. And there's a lot of places on the East Coast where it's very difficult and rough to be in the ocean, but people still mm-hmm. do it. It's like, this is more for surfing. Like go elsewhere and be in the ocean. Um, also with my old age, the ocean has scared me more and more. The last time I was in the uh, Atlantic Ocean, I was like 23, I think. And mm-hmm. I, the whole time, was anxious I was going to get my leg bit off by a shark. So that's that. Um, but you all know that I have fears of large bodies of water and large sea animals. But You're much yeah. more likely to get into a bad car accident. <laughs> that's true. You're so right. <laughs> Thank you for I always the like reality say that check. To myself, I'm like, but that's not actually that comforting either because I don't want to get in right. a car accident. Because it's like I am actually more likely to do that. Yeah. But anyway. Thanks for the um, reminder. Thank you. Uh, 26 down from that free movie starring yourself, question mark. The answer was dream. Cute. Most of the time. Okay, so here's the thing. The movies in my head, my dreams are actually more like stress dreams. I wouldn't call them nightmares necessarily. I do have nightmares mm-hmm. on occasion. But I'm constantly stressed when I'm sleeping. And so I wouldn't say that this is a movie that I want to watch. But yeah. it does star me. So mm-hmm. I've been in a lot of home invasion movies in that case. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, 49 down. Ring bearer of note. Frodo. Baggins. Nice. Yes. That was a good puzzle. What else you got, kid? Um, the Tuesday, August 30th, New York Times by Emily Carroll. 27 across, top toy for a holiday, question mark. Dreidel. I like that one, too. Very good. Um, 30 across, high, blank. And it was high ally, if you remember. Did yes. that topic a long yes. time ago, too. And then um, 54 across, braggadocious. And the answer was boastful. But I just wanted to bring it up because I feel like braggadocious sounds like a word that is not real, that's made up. Right. It's Yeah. It sounds like but, something from Mary Poppins. 
It means exactly what you think it would mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it seems fake. It does. Um, sorry if you were rattling in the background. That's my cat trying to get into the, this room for some reason. <laughs> He's it's not a jailbreak. It's a break in. He's I like, guess. let me in. Let you me can't in. come in because you just sit on my lap and purr. Yeah. Right. I liked the theme from the Tuesday New York Times by Emily Carroll. Um, that was mm. uh, 17 across as a revealer with 69 across beginners downhill challenge or a hint to this puzzle's circled letters. And there were circled letters going diagonally in groups in this grid. Uh, and the answer 17 across and 69 across spelled bunny slope. So there are four different types of slopes going downward in the puzzle. Uh, and um, no, so sorry, four different types of um, bunnies going downward as mm-hmm. slopes. So the four bunnies were Energizer, Easter, Dust, and Bugs. So that was a lot of fun. I also liked 43 down. Major letdowns for Rapunzel, question mark. And the answer mm-hmm. was tresses. Very good. I have a friend who's going to get a bunny soon, by the way. Just <gasps> throwing that out there. Ooh, okay. It's not me. She has other no, friends. So. I have I have one other friend. <laughs> um, no, I have a couple. So She does. She does. I will vouch for her. I liked the... Are you done with that? Yeah, go ahead. The Wednesday New York Times by uh, Joe Dini. The theme was fun. The revealer was 35 across. Dubious food eating guideline or a hint to the answers to this puzzle starred clues. And it was five second rule. <laughs> um, so at first I was like, I don't understand how this goes with the other clues. But for example, 16 across type of meal first sold by C.A. Swanson and Sons is TV dinner. Mm-hmm. 24 across, hospital bag full is IV fluid. Uh, 26 across, multimedia focused school org is AV club. So if you notice the second letter in every um, every answer is V. So five, like five mm-hmm. V, second mm-hmm. rule. Very good. That's not tricky, but. I like ones like that because yeah. it helps people like me who aren't that. <laughs> keeps keep this who can't do who can't do evan's meta makes me feel good about myself (laughs) exactly um other ones i like from that puzzle 59 across good name for a home renter question mark and the answer was elise and usually i don't like those ones but that one made me laugh (laughs) like i don't like those types of clues it's like apt name for a lawyer yeah exactly um and then 31 down my lotto ticket might be the winner and the answer was i can dream Yes. Speaking of lotto ticket winners, I don't think the Illinois lottery winner has stepped forward. You know the big like jackpot that they just pulled. Mm-hmm. I've been getting texts about this. Like my dad, Matt's family's texting us. Like, are you the ones with the ticket that hasn't come forward? It's like clearly, if I had the ticket, the winning ticket, I'd be I'd at com- Willy Wonka's chocolate factory <laughs> door so quick. Like, okay, I'd come forward, but I wouldn't tell anyone. No, no, yeah, maybe, maybe I have the ticket, and I don't want to tell anybody. (gasps) Do not ask me for money. You're not. Did you see? One time, someone picked up the lottery ticket wearing a scream mask, a ghost face mask, I should say, to like cover their identity. Good. You can't always do that. Depends on what state you're in and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna take us to the Monday, August 29th, New York Times by Chase Dietrich and Jeff Chen. Uh, I liked 46 across. Just. I mean, I feel like I knew this answer, but it's just, you know, to see it like in a crossword, it's like, oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting factoid. 46 across, 
home to more than 350 million vegetarians? And the answer is India. Just like clearly that's the answer, but it's mm-hmm. like, oh, interesting fact. I'll I'll save that in my back pocket. Um, and then I I'm putting this one in here because I have to ask you a question. Fifty five down. Bye bye bye. Boy band. And what would you say their name is? I thought Backstreet. Wait, in sync. Mm-hmm. So the reason I'm bringing this up is I was doing a Peloton workout, uh-huh. as I do, and. An NSYNC song came on, and she kept calling them N-SYNC. 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 It's and I'm N-Sync, because like, it's a play on being in sync. I know. And I was, just, the whole time, I was just, like, yelling at the TV, and Matt's like, it's not that big of a deal. It's like, you don't get it. It's, like, grating on that part of my brain that, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're just like, stop saying that. Um, anyway, that, that's, that's, that's in sync for you. You got anything else? That's it for me. All right, I'll, I'll finish with... I have two more. I'll run through them quickly. The Monday, August 29th, New Yorker by Natan Last. I liked 49 across. Watches one's mouth, question mark. And the answer was lip reads. Mm. Uh, and then 52 across, literary character who says, how could I bear to see when all my sight was horror everywhere? And the answer was Oedipus. Oh. Uh, which we talk about in episode 73, unauthorized boners. Probably one of our most listened to most popular and most controversial episodes not controversial because we've done anything controversial the topic the topic the topics covered are in fact we're dealing with oedipus so that's just to just start you in a mood mm-hmm. and then grace's topic just brings it all home <laughs> uh and then i did the tuesday august 30th new yorker by wina Lou. it's a great one as well i liked 43 across what one has to go to the ends of the earth to find Polar ice caps. Ooh. Very nice. good. Uh, three down. It might be a stretch. Awesome. Limo. Oh. <laughs> uh, and then 26 down. Person who takes care of others' dogs? Question mark. A pedicurist. Very good, but it's foot doctor. <laughs> oh. I That's knew that you would think. I know. I know. I saw that. I was like, I have to, I have to say this one. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I got. Does that mean it's time for us to flip the coin? Let's flip it, baby. All right. First coin flip of the season. Spooky season. Uh, flipping the coin now. Next time you get a pedicure, be like, how much for two dogs? (laughs) (laughs) Two dogs, two buns, please. (gasps) It's heads. That's you. All right. I can get back relaxed. It's my time to go up. Alrighty then, so my topic comes from the Tuesday, August 30th, New York Times by Emily Carroll. 24 across. Use a divining rod. Mm. And the answer is dows. No, I didn't do that one. You didn't do this topic, okay. But I'm interested. Okay, do you know what a divining rod is? Do you know what dowsing is? No. Sounds like something psychic. It is something occult in some places so um we're gonna get into dowsing in just a second but i want to flag that grace and i have a particular interest we have a shared interest on this podcast of like the occult supernatural that kind of thing we tend to cover these topics when they show up in crossroads so if you're ever interested in us covering a topic from one of your puzzles you can always put something supernatural in there and we may gravitate towards it so just Mm -hmm. a clue out there for anybody who would like to Think about that when they're constructing a puzzle. Not that I Although think I feel constructors like are listening, but <laughs> we've done like a lot already of like the big hitters, you know? We have. Um, so when I saw this one come up, I was like, oh shit, okay. So I'm just gonna 
go through some of the previous occult topics we've covered. Episode 8, Macho and Magical, not only did I talk did I talk about Alpha Wolf, but Grace talked about tarot. In episode 16, Culture Shock, I talked about voodoo. In 29, Dark Horse, more like occult, I talked about sigils. <laughs> 45 Across, or not 45 Across, episode 45, A Priest, A Scientist, and A Demon Walk Into a Bar. Grace talked about exorcisms. 47, Good Energy and Good Boys, you talked about feng shui. And then 86, As the World Turns, you talk about Wicca. And episode 99, Play by the Rules, you talked about Ouija boards. I also talked about tea leaves at one point. Oh, she did talk about tea leaves. And I also just talked about Raggedy Ann, which is a cult. So we are in... Is feng shui a cult, though? (sighs) So, I mean, it's like energies. Yes, it's energies and it's a folk belief, which I feel like borders the line of a cult. I don't think Mm -hmm. it's a cult in the way that, like, tarot is a cult. Yeah. But feng shui is part of geomancy and geomancy is like the art of picking locations for buildings or structures based on Mm -hmm. how auspicious it may be and geomancy is a cult so it's kind of like it's in that realm it's more in that realm than it's not let's just say it's Mm -hmm. got its foot in the door (laughs) but we're not talking about feng shui we're talking about dowsing today so dowsing is a type of divination It is a way of locating things, anything really, but usually water, minerals, oil, gemstones, buried treasure, energies emanating from the earth, specifically things like what might be called like a ley line or a fairy line, Mm -hmm. if you're really into like witchcraft and like fairy lines and stuff like that. Um, Also, you could use it to find fugitives, missing kids, missing dogs, missing cats, anything. Okay. I'm interested. So dowsing goes by many names. It could be called dowsing. It could be called divining. It could be called doodle bugging. Hmm. Water witching. Water smelling. Peach twig toting. Well prophesizing and rabdomancy. And there are many other like kind of like local names. Like doodle bugging is the specific thing that people call in a specific part of the U.S. when they're using dowsing to find water mm-hmm. and there's other names where you're using it to find copper or minerals or gemstones things like that these are just a couple of the names it can go by i personally like water witching the most i think that's the mm-hmm. most fun i got i there's a lot of fun articles online about dowsing water witching etc uh, i got all of my info from a great npr article and a great atlantic article which i'll talk about later um, and then um, lastly, there is an article on Outside Today called Into the Mystical and Inexplicable World of Dowsing by Dan Schwartz uh, from 2021. I highly recommend this one. We'll put it in our episode description. I can't really get into all of it. Uh, a lot of my historical information came from that article, but there's an incredible profile of a famous dowser from Connecticut named Leroy Bull in this article. So if you're interested in a famous dowser, from, the, from New I England. Am. Check it out. It's fun. Okay. So what is dowsing and how do you do it? We've already talked about how dowsing is like a way to find things. But how do you, you, how do you douse? How do you douse? <laughs> Dowsers locate their targets, whatever their target may be. Let's say water or ore or gemstones. Based on the movements of handheld rods. So these rods can be anything from branches to a tr- of a tree to coat hangers. There are other methods of dowsing as well, which we'll get to in a bit. But 
the most important thing here, and this is what a lot of dowsers online say, is that it is not the the power is not in the device. The power is already out there. You just need an attuned hand and a quieted mind to be able to discern it. So if you can ease your mind and attune your hand or whatever the hell that means, you may be able to douse without an instrument. Okay. So where does dowsing come from? There is evidence that many ancient societies, the Greeks, Egyptians, and Chinese, used methods similar to dowsing to search for things hidden in the earth. We've already talked about feng shui and how feng shui is a version of geomancy. Dowsing is related to this because it's about earth energies and, like, using earth energies to do something, right? And Grace talked about earth energies and feng shui in episode 47, like I said earlier. All of that said, it is believed that the way dowsing is practiced today is a direct descendant of European folk magic, particularly from around the 1500s, when mining became largely prominent in Europe. German miners in Haars Mountains would use divining rods to find veins underground that might contain ore, uh, and a practice spread across Europe from there. Of course, there were skeptics and haters. The Catholic Church banned dowsing because it was witchcraft, of course. Mm -hmm. Martin Luther upheld the band. Uh, he's the Protestant, not Martin Luther King. Um, he upheld the band, uh, stating that divining for metal was an act that broke the first commandment. And then we got a guy named Georgius Agricola, who is a scholar and scientist known as the father of German mining. He said that those welding a wielding a divining rod were either wizards, whose power came from an unholy incantation, or rubes. So you are either a wizard and therefore should be killed because you're a Satanist, or you're just stupid. So mm -hmm. if wizards it came, or rubes, the two genders. Yeah. yeah it, it, if it came down to it and they like picked you up off the street and they're like, are you a wizard? Harry. And then you would say, no, no I'm, I'm just, just a rube. Stupid as shit. Sorry. Yeah. That's how you get out of anything. Okay. So this is what he said. Quote, therefore a minor since we think he ought to be a good and serious man, should not make use of an enchanted twig, because if he is prudent and skilled in the natural signs, he understands that a forked stick is of no use to him, end quote. But German miners continued to use divining rods anyway. Uh, some found branches of hazel tree best suited for divining veins of silver, ash was good for copper, and pitch pine was good for lead and tin, which I think is interesting. Uh, several years later, after the explosion of mining in Germany, uh, and therefore the popular the popularity of divining rods, like, exploding, the English kingdom asked for help developing their own mining industry, uh, and so Germany sent them an expert, and the expert brought with him a divining rod. So, like, divining rods then, like, spread all across Europe from that point forward, um, and people were using divining rods in Europe all the way into the 18th century, which was the Age of Reason. And the Age of Reason called for explanations of everything and popularized scientific reasoning. Uh, and you would think dowsing would go away with that, right? Mm-hmm. You're wrong. wrong. Dowsing is still around today. Mm-hmm. So how is it done? It varies from dowser to dowser, but the device used by a dowser is typically referred to as a dowsing or divining rod. Even though it may not be rod-shaped, uh, and remember from earlier, some dowsers might not use any equipment at all. So let's talk about three popular types of dowsing equipment. We'll start with the dowsing rod. This is the most common method of dowsing. It is a forked branch from a tree or bush. Think of like a wishbone shape, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, where you hold the, the tail of the Y and the two 
arms of the Y are pointing out in front of you. Let's see. Uh, so some dowsers prefer branches from particular trees and some prefer branches uh, to be freshly cut. The most commonly chosen tree in the U.S. and U.K. are hazel twigs and witch hazel, uh, as well as branches from willow or peach trees. Okay. Okay. So the two ends of the forked side are held. So you're holding like the tail of the Y in your hand and the two arms of the Y are pointing out and you walk forward looking for whatever it is you're looking for. Let's say water under the ground to like build a well or to go mining. You're like, I want to find this copper vein, right? So you're walking Mm -hmm. and walking. And as soon as the two arms dip down or spike up or twitch, then you know you've struck gold. Okay. Uh, The next type of equipment is a pair of rods. So instead of using a single Y-shaped rod, many dowsers use a pair, so two L-shaped metal rods. Mm -hmm. Um, One rod is held in each hand with the short arm of the L held upright and the long arm pointing forward. So if you're holding it, the long part of the L is sticking out from your hand and the short part is poking up towards the sky. Like a gun. Other way around. It's as if you're holding the barrel of the gun and the handle of the gun is pointing skyward. I see. Okay. Okay. Um, When something is found. So, oh, another thing here is that the the small arm that's pointing upward could be like sitting in like a tube situation so that it kind of like moves freely. It's not like connected. It's not like one Mm -hmm. thing. It's kind of like separately moving. So you're walking along and when something is, quote, found, the rods move in like synchronously. Okay. The rods may be fashioned from wire coat hangers or wire flags used for locating utilities. Uh, Glass or plastic rods have also been accepted. Okay. And then probably the most common one used today, it's popularized now in like new age circles. Okay. Or Mm -hmm. like, you know, witchy type circles right now. People that are going to sound baths probably use this version. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the pendulum. So the pendulum. Some dowsers use pendulum weights on a short cord or thread, uh, and the dowser will hold the cord in one hand and and allow the pendulum to swing freely. The dowser then observes how the pendulum is swinging and interprets the motion to offer insights. Okay. Okay. Does dowsing actually work? So dowsing is an old way of finding things, like an old world way of finding things, which means it's not a science. It's more of a pre-science, right? So it's a method born before the Enlightenment. Uh, And so we have to kind of take its results, quote unquote, with a grain of salt. This is very similar to like the Ouija board topic where Grace talked about the the idiomotor phenomenon or the idiomotor effect which explains that the reason dowsing rods move is the result of unconscious muscular action. Mm-hmm. Um, among the scientific community, it's believed that dowsing, that the dowsing apparatus amplifies slight movements of the hand. People's subconscious might influence their bodies without consciously deciding to take this action, right? Same thing as when you have your hand on, what's the, the Ouija board, the center thing called? The planchette. The planchette. Like, you might not realize you're doing it, but you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this would make the dowsing rod susceptible to the dowser's subconscious knowledge or perception and therefore it's almost like a confirmation bias like Mm -hmm. you're thinking it's gonna shake there so it does shake there Mm -hmm. because of this dowsing is considered a pseudoscience and no more effective than random chance 
All of this said, I find it fascinating how seriously dowsing, dowsing is taken, not only in the paranormal or occult circles, but also in, quote, normal circles as well. So now I'm going to talk about The Magic of Dowsing Keeps Holding On by Sasha von Oldenschausen from The Atlantic in 2018. This is a really interesting article. It talks about a guy named Jeff Boyd, who was the city of Marfa's public works director at the time. I don't know if this guy is still the public works director in Marfa, but if you're familiar with the Southwest at all, Texas, Marfa is a huge like tourist destination and it has that like Prada installation in the middle of the desert. Oh, uh, yeah. That's Marfa. Okay. Um, so Jeff Boyd is the city of Marfa's public works director. Okay. Before he was the public works director, he was previously employed as a commercial saturation diver. Uh, and while doing his job, he worked off like on offshore drill rigs off the coast of the Gulf of Mexico, the Bay of Campeche. And he, it was regularly his job to locate underwater pipelines. And through doing this job, he discovered that he was a water witcher. Okay. So he realized that he had some sort of paranormal activity, some sort of paranormal connection with mm -hmm. water under the ground or connection with the Earth's energies. So now he's Marfa's public works director and he is in charge of maintaining and improving the city's water supply and distribution and often has to find existing underground pipelines. That's where his sorcery comes in. The article goes on to explain that water witching has been debunked by science over and over again, but, quote, more surprising is the number of people who credit it. You'd be hard-pressed to find a single well-drilling operation in the Southwest that doesn't believe in and use water witching, end quote. That's amazing. It's insane. I love it. The fascination with divining and water witching was so great uh, and has been going on for so long that in, the, in 1917, the U.S. Department of the Interior, in cooperation with the U.S. Ge Geological Society, issued an official book-length report to expose it as a baseless science. In the report, geologist Arthur J. Ellis says, quote, It is difficult to see how, for practical purposes, the entire matter could be more thoroughly discredited, and it should be obvious to everyone that further tests by the U.S. Geological Society of this so-called witching for water, oil, or other min minerals would be a misuse of public funds. End quote. So this was published in 1917. It was available for 10 cents at the time. It was meant to be distributed and disseminated with the goal of eliminating the practice of water witching, but it hasn't gone anywhere. If you're interested in reading this report, you can actually access it on like the U.S. government's website for like a buck, I think. And you can read the report that this geologist wrote about how water witching is like a sham and you shouldn't be using it. Why are people still using it? I think it's great. Um, another couple anecdotes from this article, quote, one West, West Texan told me that his brother, a water witch, can't wear watches because they always break thanks to his body's internal magnetism. Another, hmm. another person told me that she'd be look, she'd been looking for years for a viable well on her land. And at her wits end, she paid $75 to a water witch who found one against all odds. Walter Skinner, the owner of Skinner's Drilling and Well Service in the neighboring town of Alpine, keeps several spare copper wires in his car, just in case. He told me that when he was a young man, a water witch laid a hand on his shoulder and passed on his power. From that day forth, Skinner possessed the ability to witch, too. It's very I believe cool. it. I mean, I'm easy to convince, but I'm yeah, like, yeah, you, sounds you got, legit to me. You ain't gotta do nothing to me. I mean, that lady couldn't find a well. She finally gets one water witch and boom. Yes, and like, I highly, highly recommend the outside... I forget outside today article about Leroy Bull 
the water, mm-hmm. the prominent water witcher from Connecticut. It'll be in the episode description. Check it out. It's an incredible profile on him. And it's just, regardless of whether you believe or not, it's a really interesting look into this culture. Okay, so finally, the article gets to geologist Jeff Bennett, and he's described as, quote, the only man in Texas who doesn't believe in water witching, end quote. Bennett's argument against water witching is that you can drill a hole just about anywhere, and if you mine deep enough, you'll most likely find water. He says water witching is just guessing. Sometimes it's a good guess, and sometimes it's a bad guess. But that leads me to a great NPR article from 2017 called UK Water Companies Sometimes Use Dowsing Rods to Find Pipes by Camilla Dominoske. According to this article, most of the major water companies in the United Kingdom use dowsing rods to find underwater pipes. And I'm talking 10 out of 12 of the UK's regional water and sewer facilities companies use dowsing rods. The companies emphasize, they wanted this to be clear, that dowsing is done by individuals at the company, and it's not a company policy that they have to douse, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason that they're allowed to do this is because it doesn't cost any money to do it. And that's one of the reasons why it's remained super popular, because digging a hole for water is extremely, extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. So if you've just got, like, some guy, and he, you're, like, a driller, and you're, like, drilling for water... You can drill a ton of holes and never find water. However, mm-hmm. you can pay 75 bucks to like a water witch and they're like, here it is. You dig, you eventually find water because you dig long enough, you know? So it's kind of like, yeah. it's simple. It doesn't co- uh, require an education and it's passed down through the generations. Anyway, so yes, the UK water companies are like, it's done by the individuals. It's cheap. It doesn't cost money. Like they can do this. Another company said that some technicians use dowsing rods only if they need to. And another company said, quote, they are only used to detect pipework and voids that may be caused by bursts or collapse, end quote. Yet another said that their technicians occasionally use divining rods to locate water mains, quote, however, they are not accurate 100% of the time, end quote. I just think it's, there's a ton, a ton of articles online about communities, small communities all over the world that use mm-hmm. divining rods, whether it's public works facilities in the UK still utilizing divining rods or essentially everybody in the Southwest just believes it because it's been there for so long. Um, I just thought well, that was really interesting because it it's like, seems oh, to it's work. pseudoscience. It's not real, but huge communities still use and believe it. So I think yeah. that's kind of fun. Um, and the last thing I'm going to say is like, even if regardless of whether it's real or not or whatever, dowsing has a lot of people involved. There are many dowsing associations worldwide, and I'm going to name a couple of them for you if you're interested in learning more about dowsing. There is the British Society of Dowsers, the Irish Society of Diviners, which I fucking love that name, mm-hmm. the Dowser Society of New South Wales, the Canadian Society of Dowsers, the Japanese Society of Dowsing, the Association Argentina de some long Spanish word that Grace could probably f- work out. <laughs> Start with an R. Uh, and then the, uh, this is all in Czech, so, or whatever the language is that they speak in Czech Republic, they have a society for dowsers as well. All right. And that's dowsing. I don't know. Seems legit to me. That's many people are, I mean, companies are using it and they're like, oh, it maybe doesn't work, but then they rely on it. Yeah. Wake up, sheeple. Wake up. I don't think I'm a dowser. I'm not a dowser. Called. The first time I'd heard of dowsing, there's an incredible young adult book series where it's got a lot of occult things in it. um, And one of the main characters is obsessed with finding a 
like a dead Welsh king. Mm-hmm. And he uses every divining method that he can imagine, one of which is dowsing rods. So they're like out in the fields and they're having this big scene. And it, like the dowsing rods are not important in the sea necessarily, mm-hmm. but they're dowsing. They've got the dowsing rods. They're all out there trying to chase the energy of this underground spirit line. Um, and I was like, what is dowsing? And the rest is history. And now here we are years later on this podcast. Full circle. Full circle. Full circle. Um, very interesting. Did you, that just reminded me, did you ever read the young adult book, So You Want to Be a Wizard? I don't know if I have. I feel like it's one of those things where I've never met anyone else who knows what I'm talking about, but it was like a series and I'd read it all and it had such a catchy title, but. You'll have to show me the cover because I can, yeah. it's usually the cover that I can tell. For mm-hmm. anybody who's interested in the series that I'm talking about, it's my favorite young adult series. It's called, the first book is called The The Raven Boys and the whole series is called The Raven Cycle, and it's filled with occult, like, tarot, dowsing, like, divination stuff. It's so much fun. It's kind of spooky. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good for spooky season, which we're currently in. Spook, yeah, it's September 1st when, as we're recording this, though. I have I already have some Halloween decorations Ooh. up, and they will be up they before will. the next time you come to my house, Chelsea. So We should do another Halloween craft this year. I don't know which one yet. Yeah, I, I liked one that seemed easy enough that we can't mess up on... All right. TikTok. All right. I love it. <laughs> My topic comes from the Monday, August 29th New York Times by Chase Didrich and Jeff Chen. One down. Blinky, Pinky, Inky, or Clyde in Pac-Man. Ghosts. And the answer is ghost. But <gasps> I'm not doing it on ghosts. Pac-Man. I'm doing it on Pac-Man. Yeah. Cute. And the ghost would have been fun for, uh, for spooky season, but ghosts, that's, that's, so, that's so broad. It is. It's extremely broad. Um... So, yeah, sorry, we're talking about Pac-Man, but there are ghosts involved, so. Yes. You may remember from the arcade episode I did, uh, episode 89 for entertainment only, that Pac-Man is the most successful arcade game of all time. Makes sense. It really makes sense. Mm -hmm. And we're going to delve into why that may be. But first, let's go over the basic overview of how the game works. Mm. So, in the game, you move the character Pac-Man, around a maze earning points for eating dots. There are four different colored ghosts on screen, and you lose a life if you collide with one. If Pac-Man eats a power pellet, all the ghosts turn dark blue and can be eaten for a limited period. Mm. Bonus points are earned by eating additional objects like fruit. The game continues on a loop until Pac-Man has lost all of his, usually three, lives. Okay. If you didn't know, although I'm sure most people know how to play Pac-Man, which we'll kind of talk about in this uh, Okay episode so i got most of my information from an article on cnn.com called pac-man at 40 the eating icon that changed gaming (laughs) history by jacopo prisco Hmm. so let's go back to 1970s tokyo japan oh most arcade games at the time were simple shooter games but then a young designer named toru awatani came on the scene and he said quote when i started drafting up this project in the late 1970s The arcades were filled with violent games all about killing aliens. They were gloomy places where only boys went to hang out. What I wanted to do was make arcades into livelier places that women and couples might enjoy visiting. So I thought it best to design a game with women in mind. Not to say that women don't also like violent games, but maybe we need a little bit more. So the first known believed in his vision um, because he was young. He was only 25 and he mostly worked on pinball machines at the time. And don't tell Mayor LaGuardia. If you know, you know. He hates pinball machines. Um, His only previous creation was GB, which was a digital pinball machine that, like, never got very popular. But he had a vision to make this game that appealed to the masses. 
And when the first Pac-Man was put into the Tokyo arcade, put in a Tokyo arcade on May 22nd, 1980, it changed the video game world <gasps> five ever. Five so, ever. The original Japanese name of the game was Puck-Man. Why Puck? Well, Paku Paku to Paku Paku Tabaru is a popular Japanese phrase for gobbling something up with Paku Paku mimicking the sound of a snapping mouth and Tabaru meaning to eat. Cute. Iwatani figured everyone loved to eat, so why not make a game centered around eating? Cute. Story has it, according to him, that while he was drawing up designs, he ordered a pizza and he took a slice out and then looked at the remaining pizza in the box and thought, this is the perfect character shape. <gasps> a circle with a slice taken out. Cute. So I, I hope that's true. Pac-Man shape. That's what he says, so who knows? Um, when the name came to the US, they were like, we can't call it Puck Man because while a character does kind of look like a hockey puck, American distributors were worried that kids would um, like vandalize the machines and change the P to an F, and it was too easy to go from Puck Man to Fuck Man. Yep, yep, yep. So then they named it Pac Man. Mm-hmm. In its first year in America, Pac Man made over $1 billion in quarters. And for many parents, Pac-Man's popularity was terrifying. Many towns passed stat- statutes to regulate or restrict the games. Displains, Illinois banned people under 21 from playing video games unless accompanied by a parent. And Marshfield, Massachusetts just banned games outright. And it, this always makes me laugh. This is, is like the Mayor LaGuardia episode it, where yeah. he like hated pinball because it's like how things over time, like you would think, you know, going to an arcade and playing Pac-Man is like very wholesome for a kid mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. these days yes oh my god but yeah i was just up in say, arms yeah all the, the the elders are all like oh i can't have fun in this life <laughs> um pac-man introduced new elements to gaming that we still see today so it featured the first power up option which is you know the big pill that he takes and makes all the ghosts blue so he can eat yep. them it had the first cut scenes which were the small animated sequences between one level and the next cute it popularized the maze genre of gaming and it had villains that were more cute than scary, like the colorful mm. ghost from mm-hmm. the crossword clue. But most importantly, it had a main character that people could care about. Mm. Chris Melisinos, a video game historian, said, quote, Here comes this game that's brightly colored and centered around a character that really doesn't have a gender. And all of us, even though he's Pac-Man, but whatever. Mm-hmm. whatever. And all of a sudden, we found a mascot, the first character in a video game that existed not just in the artwork, but in the game itself. We started to see women coming into arcades, multiple generations playing in the same space. For the first time, we had a game that was not about aggression, so it fundamentally changed the type of games that designers felt like they could create. Mm. Another thing that led to its success is that Pac-Man is simple. You don't have to push any buttons. You just have to move a joystick. But However, simple does not mean easy. It took right. 20 years for someone to complete a perfect game, which wow. means like, you make it to the end, you don't lose any lives, and you get the maximum amount of points wow. per level. Mm-hmm. And his name was Billy Mitchell. It took him six hours in 1999. Mitchell says, quote, no matter how old you are or when you last played, everybody understands what Pac-Man is. Also, if you're watching from behind somebody, you can understand the drama that's unfolding. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's a very accessible game for anyone. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it is difficult. It is. Um, hard. Yeah, I suck at Pac-Man. I don't know. No. What, yeah. <laughs> Me Not too. good. Not good at Pac-Man. When Billy made it to the end of the game... It wasn't even a true ending, but basically the game ran out of memory and it could no longer draw a complete board. So half the screen was all messed up, which means he couldn't play any further. Um, Oatani and his team never thought someone would make it that far. So they never programmed a celebratory ending. That so is there's hilarious. No, I don't know if that still exists today. If there's like no end, you just kind yeah. of, you know, play until you can't. Um, 
But they did, however, put a lot of time into programming the ghost, Blinky, Pinky, Inky, and Clyde, mm. as we saw in the clue. And that's yeah. their U.S. name. I didn't know that each of the different ghosts kind of had a different personality and a different, ah. like, strategy in the game. I feel like that sounds familiar. Well. But that's all I got. I will tell you what the, different, Please what do. the differences are. So the inspiration from them came from a Japanese manga called Little Ghost Kutaro, as well as the American cartoon Casper the Friendly Ghost. Cute! Iwatani says, quote, The relationship between Pac-Man and the ghost is one that's meant to pit them against each other, but only in a very superficial sort of way that stirs up no real hatred. It's a relationship influenced by the ideas of Tom and Jerry. They were designed to not be super difficult. For example, Iwatani said, quote, We introduced an AI-like algorithm that sent the ghost to surround Pac-Man from all sides. But some touches were added that included restarting from a slightly easier difficulty after the player slips up and gets caught, or occasionally sending the pursuing ghosts off course back mm. to their positions to give the player some room to breathe. We had all sorts of tweaks to make sure we weren't simply stressing the player out. Um, so the ghosts all have unique personalities, behaviors that uh, relate to their original name. So the names Claude, Blinky, Plinky, blah, 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 that's all like the U.S. names. So, mm -hmm. for example, the orange ghost, we know him as Clyde. In Japan, it's the Japanese word for stupid. So his thing is that he'll initially seek Pac-Man out, look like he's on his way, and then veer off and go do his own thing. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. I never, like, well, I don't play Pac-Man enough to notice. But yeah, but I, I did. feel like yeah. that would happen sometimes when I play. Mm -hmm. um, okay. The red ghost is Blinky, but in Japan, he's Chaser, and he will remain in relentless pursuit of Pac-Man. So Ooh. look out for the red ghost. Okay. Um, the pink ghost is Pinky, or Cute. in Japan, Ambusher, and he is all about the sneak attack and will try to hover around Pac-Man's general area before moving in to nab a quick kill. So, Pinky Damn. is like the sneaky one. Okay. And then the blue one is Inky, and in Japan he's Fickle, and he is a wild card, and he switches strategies randomly. So, oh, shit. I smell a Polapalooza. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Please follow us on Twitter for this Polapalooza. It's going to be great. Yeah. Are you a Clyde, Blinky, Pinky, or Inky? Um, what about spinoffs? So, Miss Pac-Man was originally an unauthorized game when it debuted in 1981, but Namco loved it and made it official. That it is follows, hilarious. I know. It followed the same basic formula, but included varying numbers of dots, more lifelines, and different villain names. Mm. Um, 1984 Pac-Land featured Pac-Man with limbs. Have you ever seen with arms and legs? That's from Pac-Land. <laughs> Um, Super Pac-Man introduced strange power-ups and locked doors in the maze, oh, while yeah. Baby Pac-Man alternated between the arcade game and a pinball machine. Mm. And then there was Professor Pac-Man, who, which was an educational puzzle game. So Pac-Man oh. has done it all. Pac-Man has been there, done that, been around the block a couple times, been around That's the only... maze a couple times. <laughs> nice. Thank That's you. only a few spinoffs too there's yeah. like a bunch um but aside from its own spinoffs pac-man paved the way for other narrative and character driven games like donkey kong and oh, it's I still love donkey kong i know that's one of your favorites yeah i played and it a lot as a kid sorry continue <laughs> it still is as addictive as ever when google replaced its logo with a playable version of the game it's estimated that the world played it for five million hours total in that one day that is not surprising it's yeah it's one of the most accessible games it's so quick to you it's really quick to learn. There's not much to mm -hmm. learn, really. And I think everybody likes that kind of puzzle sometimes. It like, scratches the right itch, you know? Yeah. For at least a short period of time, anyway. And then you, 
if you're like me, then you get frustrated and stop yeah, playing. But you're like, fuck this. That brings me to the quote I want to close with from Iwatani, who, by the way, is now a, prof- a gaming professor at Tokyo Polytechnic University. Good for him. Um, he said this about the game, quote, When Pac-Man was first released, video games were still something new and unusual for everyone but game fanatics. For many people, I think it ended up being their very first experience with a video game. Hmm. And now today, 40 years later, it's still enjoyed by not only women, but men and women, young and old alike, all around the world. If we were to compare it to music, it might be something like a popular song that everyone knows and has heard before. Hmm. That's great. That's Pac-Man for you. Well, can you remember your first video game? Um chips challenge like on the computer any well i feel like well i don't know there's this my grandparents computer at their house like you would have to log in it'd be like a blue screen and we'd be like keying with like yellow type yeah yeah and we would somehow have to like get in and there was three games carmen san diego like some weird game where you had to like match pictures to words but you was like a little a guy jumping around kind of Hmm. mario style and then my sister and I had Chips Challenge on our computer. But my first mm. arcade game that I played at summer camp that I would always play was the Ninja Turtles one. Oh, nice. I, I think the first ever game was Duck Hunt. My dad had his from the mm. 80s or something, and we played Duck Hunt on, you know, he had his Atari, so we played that. Oh, yeah. And then the first ever console we o- owned was an N64, but before owning the N64, at our babysitter's house, they had the original Nintendo and then Super Nintendo. So we played a lot of like Mortal Kombat. We played a lot of Mario, Donkey Kong. One of our favorites was the Lion King game for Super Nintendo. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And now that I own a Switch, I have the Switch like subscription and I have like all those games and they're really fun to play. Like if you've got people, it's good to have like on in the background if you have like a party. It's like just having mm-hmm. like the Super Nintendo games and matt and i played tennis on there it's horrible it was the worst experience of my life but um, i love playing donkey kong i i feel like yeah i, I didn't play that many nintendo games to be honest because we never had one my first gaming console that i had was a sega dreamcast <laughs> which only we never had prob- one it existed for like two three years maybe they only made games for a very short time but i feel like i had two games for it i used to rent games from blockbuster amazing to play on it. amazing but one of the games I did own was Virtua Tennis, and I got so good at it. <laughs> That's and then hilarious. They had they had that game at like GameStop, which is like a Dave and Buster's, not the games GameStop where you buy games. This was like a Dave and Buster's type thing, mm. and I was I would like go there with my friends and be like, "Wow!" They'd be like, "You're really good at this game." I'm like, yeah, this yeah. is like all I played for years yeah. <laughs> on my Dreamcast before I got a PlayStation. Oh, we used to play the the first game that we got on n64 we had two games one was like arcade classics that was like pac-man and like beer master and like other like uh like the alien game the alien Mm -hmm. attack i forget yeah um alien invader and invader thank you and then um power rangers and one of the coolest things i found about the power rangers game it was the first game i played that wasn't just like a scroller Mm mm-hmm it had like there was some depth and dimension like you could go into doors and it would change perspective and like you'd go somewhere else. And then you had like these big boss fights. And I remember we got to the last boss fight and we couldn't beat it. And like we begged my dad to come in and play it. And that was like the only time he ever played video games with us was when we were like, we can't beat the boss because I was like, <laughs> you know, eight and my brothers were like six and four. So, yeah, I feel like my parents couldn't play video games, like wouldn't be good at them. But mm-hmm. maybe at that age. 
I feel like probably at that level, if it was like N64 Super Nintendo stuff, it's close enough to arcade games that they might have been able to. But then once we got the PlayStation, my dad ducked out. Forget about it. He's like, forget about it. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway. Oh, we love video games. We do. We do. We like to play them together. Together. I do the left joystick. She does the right. Mm hmm. Um, yeah. And that's it. <laughs> well, I guess that's it, everyone. That's Thanks it, for that's listening. All. Yeah. Um, if you want to vote in our ghost poll, um, follow us on Twitter at The Good Eve Girls. If you want to see cool pictures, you can head over to our Instagram at The Good Evening Girls. And you can follow us on TikTok at The Good Eve Girls. Come on down. We're, we like to clown around. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, in the meantime, keep curious, and we will see you same time, same place. Probably at the same time. These come out at various times on Monday mornings. But we like to keep people surprised. Keep you on shocked. your toes. We'll see you on we'll see you on Monday. And then we uh, will. Can't wait. Until right. then. Bye, my Bye-bye. friends. Bye. Bye.